Hey, it's Emily. I am coming to you live from the recording couch. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to pop in with really bad audio here. I'm not pulling out the whole setup. Just to be like, hey, we're doing a best of episode. We haven't forgotten about you guys. A lot is just going on. We'll talk about it next ep. Um, but we wanted to go back and highlight some of our favorite moments, some of our favorite stories, and some of the origins of where a lot of things came from. In case you've jumped in around like episode 70 or something and haven't gone back, don't blame you. Audio quality wasn't as great. We didn't have as great a setup. We've learned a lot over the past like six years. Oh my God, it's been six years. Um, so buckle up. We're going to have some fun. We're going to walk down memory lane and then we'll be back with new content next up. Thanks. Into the thick of it. <laughs> Into the thick of it. God damn it. Into the thick of it. Ugh. All right. So I'm going to tell you a story. Sit back. Get cozy. Everyone has tea and or wine. It's wonderful. I'm the and in the situation. I have tea <laughs> and wine. Some bitches have both. <laughs> Some bitches have both. It's me. Our survivor's name is Salvador. Ooh. Alvarenga. Oh, Al- uh, Al- what? Salvador Alvarenga. <laughs> he has a fucking dope name. Alvarenga. It's very good. I'm I gonna feel call like him he Salvador. should be selling me jewelry. <laughs> I like I like that his name is Salvador, and also he's from El Salvador. It's like oh. if my hey. name was Wisconsin. <laughs> like it's just a little bit much. Um. So, yeah, Salvador. He was a fisherman from El Salvador, but he was working in Mexico at the time that this happened. Um, so it is November 18th, 2012. Oh. Not that fucking long ago. This is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, he's he's working in Mexico as a fisherman. He works paycheck to paycheck. He's just kind of one of those guys who he'll work a day. It'll help him get enough money to live for a week, and then he'll just go to the bar. <laughs> like, Fuck yeah. he's just living that life. He has um, an ex-wife and a daughter who's like 14 years old, but he hasn't seen his daughter in two years. They don't live anywhere near him. He's just kind of a freewheeling dude. So on November 18th, he sets out on a fishing trip. It's a pretty regular day, except that his regular fishing partner is unable to accompany him. So instead, 22-year-old novice fisherman named uh, Ezekiel Cordoba... I wanted to get, <laughs> I know, I wanted to get the uh, emphasis right. So Ezekiel, again, he's 22. He hasn't done a lot of fishing. He's looking to make some extra money. So he comes along with Salvador. They've never met before this day. Um, Salvador, because this is literally the start of any storm movie ever. <laughs> I hope he heard does. there was a storm on the horizon, oh. but he went anyway. <laughs> because, you know, he's trying to get that skrill. He's on that paper chase. He doesn't really care that he's hearing about a storm. He thinks it's going to stay on the mainland anyway. Sure, sure. So they get about 50 miles out. They leave at about 10 a.m. They plan to fish until 4 p.m. the next day, which is a lot. Hmm. Cat put up a finger, just an FYI. Not great for audio. No, I wanted you to cut it because I thought I was going to sneeze. So I was like, hang on. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. Oh, <laughs> that my too God. Cute. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, again. Cordyceps and Salvador. Good job. Cordyceps. Those were all correct. It <laughs> was all very good. Cordyceps. Let's, let's Cordy- not concern ourselves <laughs> with their last names. Corduroy. Corduroy. Yep. Ezekiel Corduroy. <laughs> Nailed it. Got it in one. Um, so anyway, Ezekiel and Salvador go out anyway. They 
get 50 miles off the mainland. They're watching this storm sort of stay on land. It's totally fine until about 1 a.m. that night when the storm hits them. Rip. And then it is decidedly not fine. <laughs> like, mm, this was a bad idea. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so... First of all, just a little bit about the fishing boat they're in. It is the length of two pickup trucks, and it's like the width of a pickup truck. It's a pretty That's big pretty... boat, but it also is just a fishing boat. There's it's not a narrow like a boat, though. Do they for... call it a cockpit if it's on a boat? A boat pit. A boat pit for boats. <laughs> it's, where boats it's where boats live. It's where the boats go. Um, no, there's no like structure on top of the boat that you would stand in and steer. Nothing like that. It's just like a regular ass looking boat with sort of an ice um thing in the back i forget what they call it but it's just sort of sitting back there it's where you keep all the fish oh yeah a ton of ice they've been catching fish this whole time so they've got a bunch of dead fish back there and like literally the rest of it's just open space so he's got a line out when the waves start coming in they're crashing over the boat they're tossing the boat this way and that water is getting in the boat and Ezekiel is throwing the water back out of the boat with a pail as fast as he can, but it's still sort <laughs> that of... That just seems, like, so counterintuitive. Yeah. But, like, with I mean... waves. I know, it's like a, like, little, like a Disney cartoon. You have to bail, or you're just going to go under eventually, because... Right. Uh, but it was going... It was coming in faster than it was going out. That's when you just kind of accept your fate. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay, so... Wow. Hey, listeners, this is for survival Emily podcast. just wants you to die. We need you to <laughs> not do not, what Emily no. is saying. Emily's just like, no, just take it. Actually, here's the thing, because, like, you're about to see two totally different, like, ways of handling this situation <laughs> from both of these dudes, and one of them is in Emily right now. So Ezekiel's freaking <laughs> out a little bit. <laughs> wow! He's freaking out. He's like, get us the fuck out of here. Um, so Salvador cuts his line, which is a ton of just like he loses a bunch of fishing equipment there. He, um, decides that they have to throw their entire catch overboard because, um, the weight in the back of the ship is like throwing them off. Um, yeah. So they toss all the ice, all the fish, their entire catch that was enough for like a week's worth of food and drink and all of that. So they just let it go. Um, and then they're bracing against the side of the boat at all times to keep the waves from toppling them over. They're still bailing. It's a really bad scene. About 15 miles from the coast, they're headed back in. The boat's motor dies. What because, the fuck? Because of course. Wait. It's <laughs> like, a lot of water. Like, could they, could they just, like, drive, like, away from the storm? Not if they're going against the current. Yeah. They're they headed- should be going with the current, but the storm's... It's and all messed up. He's just trying to make a way through waves. He's trying to cut through the oh, waves so that they're bouncing as, they as little the as possible. And they need to push them through it. Right. Yeah. And they need that motor. They don't have another way of propelling the boat. It's too big to be propelled with oars anyway. So, like, that's all <laughs> they have. people. Get going. Right. Like, paddling. <laughs> like, nothing's happening. It's a huge boat. Anyway. Get out and push it. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Just <laughs> kick. Just kick. It's fine. There's sharks. They it's love fine. it. Zeke. Zeke, buddy. Don't worry about it. Just, just, just roll Just get right out and push right. the boat. Hey, Zeke, bud. Could you? Could you help us out? Um, so, yeah. That's guy. pretty bad. Um, but they do have a radio. So, um, Salvador radios his boss and says, by the way, we're stuck in this storm. 
we don't have a GPS. I don't know our position. MBD, um, we're going to die. Uh, yeah, our, everything is bad and very wrong and yeah. awful. He, the guy's like, drop an anchor. He's like, I didn't bring an anchor. I, we weren't supposed to have a problem. <laughs> like, um, Who goes out without an anchor? I deep, feel like he was that's... deep sea fishing, so he didn't think like an anchor doesn't reach to the bottom. He just didn't think it would be a problem. Yeah. So I thought ships like came equipped with anchors. Fishy 101. Yeah. Well, you go Salvador's... out for the fishies. Salvador doesn't give a shit about your rules. Bring Emily. an anchor just in case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the future, I think anybody listening to this should be like, yes, I will, I will bring an anchor. Tip, bring an anchor. I'll bring a GPS, too, so I can yeah. tell people where I am. <laughs> and not um, just your cell phone. So his boss says they're coming to get them. And the last thing Salvador gets to say into the radio is, come now, we're getting really fucked out here. And then the radio breaks, too. Like, word for word? Yeah, that's translated. The, that's the, right, translated from, from Spanish. <laughs> but that's a quote. Come now, we're getting really fucked out here. It's a very, very bad scene. Now they don't oh, have a yeah. radio either. Yeah. And that's the last time he's able to talk to land or anybody talks to them. So no one finds them. And this storm continues for five days. Five days. Which is like a really long time, right? It's a right? really long... That's a big storm. It's a really long, no one's very big storm. To, like, so... Seek. No. So for... Fa- is there cannibalism in this? No, but it's a, it gets kind of gross, but it doesn't get that gross. <laughs> I would have probably warned you by now. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, so fi- it's five days of them alternating between bailing out the boat and huddling together in this like emptied out icebox for warmth as they're just getting drenched and constantly tossed about and in danger of capsizing at any moment for five days. Um, they do make their best efforts. They make like a sea anchor out of buoys. I guess it like, it helps stabilize even though it doesn't go below the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless of all of that, the storm sends them very far out to sea. By the time the storm ends, they are 280 miles offshore. Oh, shit. There's ocean in all directions. Yikes. <laughs> and I just want to say really quick that this is my literal fucking nightmare. Like, I'm really afraid oh, of no. super big waves. Like, when you see one, like, kind of coming up over your head, that's the scariest thing in the world. The second scariest thing is looking out on all sides and only seeing ocean and having no idea where Dude, you are. It's we're so both scary. talking about like really big fears. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Because like this I one, also, I was like, oh god, no. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I had like an anxiety attack going out on the deck when we were on a cruise, mm. and there was nothing yes. anywhere, and it was like, oh my god, it's terrifying. Like you just have to hope. Like I hope somebody knows where we are. This guy with a hat seems to figure it out. Right. Salvador and Ezekiel decidedly did not know where they are. Sure. Was it a hurricane? Do you think it could have been like a, just a tropical storm? I think. Well, you know, I heard them use the words "tropical storm," so it was probably a big something like that, but did not reach the level of hurricane as far as I read. So, pretty much immediately, Ezekiel's not thinking it's a great <laughs> he's situation. Not okay. Yeah, he's not okay. Mm, he's maybe like, maybe I want to change jobs if I get out of yeah. this alive. Yeah, he's mm. like, we're gonna die. We're I came die. out for some easy money, and look at me now. Right, exactly. Like, he's, you know, the thing is, that's probably, like, a practical thing to think. Yeah, you might totally die. Is it helpful? No. Yeah. <laughs> so Salvador is on top of it, though. He's like, don't think that way. We're going to be found. Let's just concentrate on what we need to do right now. We've talked about, like, survival as a state of mind. Yeah. When you're going through something sort of long and difficult, you have to be super optimistic. Ezekiel's not that guy. <laughs> just just a warning, he's not our optimistic dude. Um, so, but 
Salvador does everything he can to sort of keep things light and keep them figuring out how to not starve. Good old Salvi. Right. <laughs> Good old Salvi figuring out how to make sure they're not dehydrated. So that is their first problem. They're super hungry and they're super thirsty. There's no food or fresh water, obviously. Um, Salvador eats his own fingernails at one point. Uh! <laughs> yeah, before he figures out how to catch some like super like sort of bony, not a lot of meat on them, but these fish that are up toward the surface. He figures out how to just slap his hands together at the right point and catch these fish. Well, you've got a lot of time to kill. Yeah, pretty soon. Like he's not good at it at first, but like he has so much time that he eventually pretty much masters it. And they're eating these like tiny strips of meat off of these fish. I'm sorry. Can we go back to the fingernails? <laughs> no, let's not. We're not going back to the fingernails. Know, Move d- on. Move you on. Ever been so hungry? You want to no. eat? We're moving on. Me neither. Passive fingernails. We are not <laughs> talking about that. Shit. Yeah, dude, it's real bad. But you know they've got this fish now. They're doing what they can. Um, Salvador also starts drinking his own urine at this point. Sure. Because yep. I mean he's just like, what the fuck else am I gonna do? Yeah. And he's like, Ezekiel, you have to do this. Ezekiel's super grossed out by everything that's happening. Just an FYI. Yep. So a few, but after a few days of this, of them just sort of scrunching whatever they can so they don't literally just die on this hot, empty boat in the middle of the ocean, it does finally start to rain. And Salvador, because he's the best, has come up with a system to collect the rain. So they've got bottles that they have found floating on the ocean that they've picked up and just kept. Good and they've job, got litterers. buckets, right? Hey, save this dude. Um, they've got buckets, so they collect as much rainwater as they can. They know they have at least as much for a week if they're really good at rationing. And also they're just like literally letting their mouths stay open as they look toward the sky. <laughs> like, ah, I would do that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, they're doing okay. Um, side note, uh, they do also eventually start catching turtles. They just sort of hit the side of the boat. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, they this just... there. They eat that meat raw. Gross. Mm. Super gross. And even grosser. They mm. drink its blood. Uh, yeah. And apparently turtle blood is kind of coagulated. Like, it is oh, not super liquidy. No. Yeah. That's awesome. So Ezekiel's like, this is fucking disgusting. That's so awesome. Yeah. But Salvador, because he's the best dude. Like Salvi's those, the fucking, my man he, Salvi. Right? I know. He's the best guy. He, like, he cuts up the meat, like, super thin and serves it in a turtle shell to him. Like, tries to make it seem as palatable as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Just so that Ezekiel will eat. Because, like, again, the guy is just killing it right now. So they spend weeks like that together. They're just scavenging whatever they can on the water. Sometimes they'll find trash that has food in it, and they'll eat that. Like sure. anything. Yeah. They catch birds that perch themselves on the boat and eat those. And they're collecting rainwater over time, too, whenever it rains. But also, you know, they're just drinking their pee. You know, whatever you got to do. Yeah. It's pretty nasty, but they're doing it. Um, Ezekiel is not doing super good. He is, again, grossed out by almost everything that's happening. He has one bad bout where he eats a bird that had a poisonous snake inside of it, (gasps) and he gets really sick. Oh, shit. Yeah. He recovers, but, like, from that point on, according to the articles I read, like, he was just like, fuck this. Like, Mm. he stopped eating for the most part. Um, He was definitely declining mentally and emotionally. He was super... yeah. Yeah. He was not interested in keeping himself alive. He talked a lot about dying and, like, the stuff he wished he w- had done before he had All left. Yeah. They, they both talked a lot about, like, how they wish they could have 
done more for their mothers and like if they ever get out of this Aww. they're gonna they're gonna make more money so their moms don't have to work anymore and yeah it's super sweet um but while salvador is sort of constantly thinking of new ways they can get food and really pushing himself to make sure that they're surviving ezekiel's just sort of wasting away yeah so after about two months at sea ezekiel's health takes a turn one day he wakes up saying that he's dying he can't swallow any water and Salvador is begging him not to leave him alone, but unfortunately, he dies. Oh, man. Yeah. So, like, that's the saddest part of the story, because this kid was 22 years old. Yeah. yeah. Holy he wanted, shit. Yeah, he wanted to go fishing for a day and <laughs> make 50 bucks. Yeah. And he, then and he died two months later at sea. <laughs> like, horrible. The kind of... But he lasted two months. That's I know. impressive. That already seems like a crazy amount of time to me. Yeah. To live on a boat with nothing, <laughs> like, just scavenging whatever. So, yeah, and it was actually kind of sweet. They had this part of some of the articles where they talked about, like, again, these two men had not met each other before they went on this one fishing trip, and they became pretty good friends. Like, they would lay out on the boat at night and look at the stars and try to, like, compete against each other to make the best constellations, and they would talk to each other about their lives and their families. Yeah, they were really, they had, like, a nice friendship, but then Ezekiel dies and Salvador is alone. And it's, again, it's like a little over two months in. And as we know, this guy survives over a year out at sea. So the rest of that time is just Salvi. Just our man, Salvi, killing it. Just good old Salvi, fucking killing it out there. At this point, I'm just calling him our master survivor. (laughs) (laughs) He's just so good. Um, He does a lot of stuff that we talked about in, like, the kidnapping episode, where, like, you just keep your mind occupied. You start imagining that you're not there. You're anywhere but there. He... (laughs) wakes up in the morning and he takes walks where he'll just like pace the length of the boat, but pretend that he's somewhere else. Um, he thinks about meals he would want to be eating. He watches for boats on the horizon. He's paying attention to the phases of the moon. He's doing anything he can to sort of keep his mind occupied so that he's not like, quote, sitting there and thinking about death all the time. Yeah. Like poor, poor Zeke. Yeah, exactly. Like you can totally see that like these two men have this completely different idea about how to pass their days. And one of them is pretty sure they're going to die from the very beginning. And he dies. Like his mental state was not good. He was very pessimistic about it the whole time. Whereas Salvador is like, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to go on living, even though it's very hard. He does say he also thought about his daughter a lot and he regretted not being in her life and how if he gets out of this, he's going to go see her again. Yeah, so he had a lot of reasons to live and keep going on and eating whatever he can and devising new things, ways to get other things to eat. Um, So that's him for months. I'm going to be a little morbid for a second. Like, Do you know if, like, was was the corpse of Zeke just Mm. chilling? You're right. I should have mentioned he did keep his body for a couple of days and talked to it um because he was just like hey, hey what you, you doing saying, i guess exactly he was like up, i just but... didn't want to think it happened for a while so yeah. i just pretended it didn't and i would be, be both sides of the conversation and i would ask him what death was like and like what he was eating in heaven <laughs> and like yeah it didn't sound great but he did eventually after like a few days i'm well, sure it was getting pretty nasty yeah. out in the sun all day yeah decomp rigor all yep. of that it would get pretty stinky pretty fast yeah so he did eventually tip his body over into the ocean and let it go but that's, that's good. I can't believe I almost forgot to mention the part where he talks to a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Over this period of time, he is almost rescued once. 
Oh, almost. Yeah, a boat comes up really close to him, and they're very clear about like the way the boat is. The fact that it's just flat, it's almost impossible to see if you're more than half a mile away from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this boat came really close. People are on that boat. They see him. He's waving and screaming that he needs help, but they don't hear that. I guess. Because they just keep waving at him like it's chill. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was like, he's screaming at them like, what do you think? I'm on a day trip? Like, <laughs> I need help. And they just sail on by. Like, holy shit. I can't imagine watching, like, your rescue just leave. Yeah. Without that's, ever realizing. That's, like. A, that's the worst thing that could ever happen to he you. Made it, no, but, like, he made it so far. Mm-hmm. And then. Like, the one chance of hope he had after his, like, best friend, well, not best friend, but, like, you know, super close friend from right. all that shit, just, like, kick the bucket. Right. And, like, yeah, he was so close. He got closer. Like, it's so, it's the ocean. There's no reason to think that another boat would pass by him, necessarily. No. To even get that chance once and have it just pass you by is, like, devastating. And he did say, he was like, that was pretty bad. I, at that point, kind of started giving up i had to really force myself to do things to get up to walk around to get out of the boat and swim when i was sure there weren't any sharks <laughs> yeah he used to throw birds feet into the water and if sharks didn't come for them then he was like probably good swim time <laughs> probably good for swims um yeah so obviously like this is the hardest thing he's ever done but he keeps on living and then one day he wakes up it's over a year after this started, he wakes up and he sees shorebirds. And it's, and then eventually, yeah, like birds that don't go out, they're not traveling over the ocean for long expanses. They are near shore. So he knows that there has to be land somewhere. And as he keeps drifting, he can start to see this little strip of land. So he cuts his buoy, which is, you know, sort of a risk because if something bad happened, he, he has no stability anymore. Yeah. yeah, but he was trying to get there as fast as possible, and eventually the current brings him to this little island where eventually he just jumps the fuck out of the boat. Oh, yeah. Runs onto the, the, yeah, yeah he shit. says he just laid in the sand and <laughs> held onto the sand. It turns out this island is just one of a very tiny islands that are sort of bunched up in the area, um, and there's only two people who live there, <laughs> and they just have a house there, and they find him... And he gets to radio sort of the mainland. And it turns out that he has gone 5,000 miles away from where he started. Wow. And if he hadn't hit this one island, if he hadn't hit any of those islands, he probably would have had another 3,000 miles to go before he hit the Philippines. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this was incredibly lucky that he happened to see, to get close enough to this island to see it. So, yeah. He had to be on... Like the Pacific side of Mexico and not the Atlantic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't like super specific about where exactly. I'm like he trying to think of how he could Mexico. get there, going through like the Atlantic right. and like into like the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. And, like, like he hit land somewhere in there. No. Right. Okay. No. So, I think yeah, he was on the. He spent all of it, like all of it, literally on the boat. Right. And not, like, he didn't, like, find an island until the very end. Yeah. That's incredible. Right. I When I first like, I was half this... expecting, like, oh, he found a little, like, tiny abandoned island and, no. like, fucking, and he fucking ate bananas cast... all day. Yeah, he cast yeah. away 
like Tom Hanks yeah. for a while. And yeah. then, yeah, no, not it at all. It was going to be Swiss Army Man, and then it turned into uh, right. Yeah, on this is It's just him on a boat. How big that is. And there's not a lot of islands in the Pacific Ocean. No, so like he's just stumbling it's on pretty, a needle in a sparse. haystack. Yeah, he's it's crazy. Um, so yeah, and like, I'll say like, this isn't even the like only story I've read of like survival on sea and people just losing their minds seems to be the biggest problem. Yeah. Cause they'll just, they'll start hallucinating. They'll think that they see land or they, that that the ocean is like something they need to do and they they just jump overboard. Like that is such a huge problem is people just losing it. Well, it's just, it's just like the desert of being out in the sun mm -hmm. all day with little access to water or anything except that water is also everywhere and it drives you insane that no, yes. it can't help you in any way. Water, water everywhere. And Not whatever that drop old to dude drink. wrote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> water, water everywhere. And whatever that old dude wrote. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. God. But yeah, so like Salvador, I mean, he got lucky there at the end, but there was no luck in between there. And no. he, it was all him the whole time killing it i'm so proud sometimes of him. literally yeah sometimes literally killing a lot of things and eating them raw jesus so yeah um he's want to bet he fucking hates sushi oh i you know i didn't read anything about like any problems he had with food specifically but he does have a very severe fear of water <laughs> like mm, that's fair why. yeah that's getting back fair. to el salvador on a boat was oh. very difficult for him yeah they didn't um, fly him I mean, I don't know if that tiny island had a way, you know? Oh, yeah, I guess. (laughs) So, yeah. But, I mean, that's most of what I've heard. I know that, like, for a long time he was avoiding the press. um, Yeah. But he did eventually do several interviews, and then a man named Jonathan Franklin wrote a book about his journey called 438 Days. So I totally want to read that. Why isn't this made into a movie? I don't know. That would be a very depressing movie. Right. So, yeah, that is the survival story of Salvador Alvarenga. Hmm. Killed it. Just fucking killed it. Wow. So, yeah. Could have been worse, I guess. Still a bit of a downer. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is less of a downer. It's actually an upper. I'm stoked about that. (laughs) Because, you know, tornadoes. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) I need you to oh, leave. Oh, in a, oh, I need segue. you to get almost. out of your own house. Fucking segue. <laughs> I um, I. Speaking of tornadoes, in a oh. in a nice little story of how Cat just—it's a miracle that Cat is fucking alive, <laughs> given all of the stupid shit I've done. Totally slept through a tornado. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, man, I slept through a tornado. What? Uh, it was, uh, but, 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 it was somewhere in Illinois, whatever. I was visiting my mom for the summer mm-hmm. and, uh, I was, uh, God, I was like 16 or something. Um, very, very long story short, there was like these huge storms and everybody, and, and it was like, oh, whoa, the wind's really picking up. And we were like, whatever. Like, it's I just kind of went, I'm, I'm going to bed. Like <laughs> I'll hear like sirens or some shit when I, oh my God. Nope. <laughs> um, I, I went downstairs and I literally just remember like going to grab the cereal, looking to my left and like through the glass doors and somebody's shed was like in our backyard all crumpled up. Oh, so it was close. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, uh, what happened? 
<laughs> you you don't remember like the sirens or me trying to get you up until I physically like pulled you up out of bed and into the basement? I'm like, no. Oh my god. What? You were asleep while being dragged down to the basement. I guess. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Your story is way more interesting than me That is dumb. not how you survive a thing. <laughs> I'm still alive. Just go to bed. I got a rabbit's foot shoved up my ass. I have to say, whereas like the fear of the ocean thing is a pretty big one for me, I'm less afraid of tornadoes, but they still... I am 100% terrified of tornadoes. They're scary things. I will never move into Tornado Alley for this reason alone. <laughs> Some people, some parts of this country have no idea what it's like to be in a tornado or to do tornado drills or to have that even be a part of your life. It's like such a specific part of the country. And really only in this country do they have that specific type of thing, too. Yeah. It's weird. Have you been in one? In a tornado? Yeah. Like inside of one or I mean, during one? <laughs> I mean, like, has, an, has one ever come close? Not, like, super close. Okay. I mean... The closest is when one hit the south side and I was downtown. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were in the same building. Yeah. And we didn't know each other yet. <laughs> nice. I was doing crew for Chicago and you went and, and saw I, it. Yeah, and I got this. Jimmy Johns showed up. Do you remember what? that? <laughs> I was a little busy. There's a, there's a tornado and Jimmy there Johns is like. There's a tornado and some dude walks in like literally it was out of a fucking commercial. It <laughs> made my entire year. Leave it to James Jonathan to just never give up and get you your goddamn sandwich. So, <laughs> oh my god, that's messed up. Yeah. There was one time, like, here, I was driving to the mall. For whatever reason, I needed to go to the mall, so I head through Lacrosse into Onalaska, and it's pouring down rain. Like, mm -hmm. it's really, really coming down, and, like, nobody's going very fast because nobody can see a damn thing. Yeah. yeah. Finally get to the mall. Walk inside, and there's people at the entrance like, you need to get into our patented storm shelter that's TM. right over here. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> yeah. They have, turns out, the, the mall has this whole hallway where you're yeah. supposed to go in yeah. case of a tornado. Yeah. Whoa. So I've been back there now with yeah. a bunch of other people who were super salty about it. <laughs> yeah, when I, um, <laughs> I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I lived in this rickety old apartment building with a whole bunch of other theater people. We all, like, basically rented all of the apartments in that building. That sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And I had gone to see a movie, and as I was driving up to the movie theater, the sky started looking real funny. I turned around, I went home, Ooh. and the two guys that lived on the first floor, they liked to go out and do, like, mudslides in the rain. So like they're dorks. in, like, their board shorts and, like, no shirts. Yeah. And they're really excited Wisconsin. to see me as they're standing in the rain. They're waving. And then all of a sudden, it changes to this panicked wave to come inside. Because oh. literally, as I had pulled up to park, the tornado siren started. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, hey, yeah, look, come play with us. And they're oh, my God, get inside now. <laughs> That's kind of the problem with a tornado is, like, it could be happening right next to you or it could be six miles away. You have no idea of knowing until the damage is already happening. Like, they're invisible until they start picking up a lot of debris. So you just have no goddamn yeah. idea. We drove through a tornado warning once. Mm. Through Madison, mm -hmm. which has had tornadoes touched down. Yes. In my dad's neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're just like, you know what? We're driving at night. If it hits, it hits. But we're going to get through this county. Yeah. That's the biggest damn it. YOLO. Speaking of riding oh. through tornadoes, did this dude, like, ride on it? 
So I have no idea what this story I'm is. I'm so excited, like, you guys. I've Please heard, tell like, me. Brief snippets in the car. <laughs> okay. Not really. So let's hear it. So 2006. It's March. Mm-hmm. We're in Missouri. Okay. Southwest Missouri mm-hmm. in March. So already a little weird, but. Sure. I mean, Missouri. So <laughs> this guy, <laughs> Matt Suter, is 19, hanging out in his grandma's trailer. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. <laughs> when suddenly there was a twister. So it's reported that he tried to shield himself from the storm by standing on the sofa <laughs> so that he could keep awesome. the so he could keep the living room window closed. Uh, oh what? so I'm confused. <laughs> what he he shielded himself from the storm by trying to keep the window closed. That's not how Rather you shield. Like, he had to stand on a sofa to yeah, get to the to door. to keep the oh. window closed. Oh, but you're also not supposed to go anywhere near windows. Yeah, well, Just get yeah. out of there. <laughs> and he's, um, I'll, I'll get into this. Uh, he's in his boxers, mm-hmm. standing on the sofa, holding Amazing. this window shut. Uh, I mean, have any of us been 19 and not gone to our grandma's house and sat in our boxers? Yes. Just saying. Me. <laughs> <laughs> this is very normal behavior. <laughs> no. <laughs> So this is a quote from Matt. It got louder and louder, like 10 military jets coming at us. Suddenly, there was lots of pressure inside the house. The front and back doors that were both locked came off their hinges and blew out. I looked at my grandma. I looked at my grandma in the kitchen and the walls were moving. The roof was moving. The floor was moving just like jello. Oh, my God. I could feel the whole trailer tipping over. Holy shit, no. A trailer is the worst place yes. to be. Oh, so my God. So this twister had 150 mile per hour winds. It ripped open the mobile home. Did it tell you, like, is it in, like, an F4 or whatever? I, like, whatever it category it was, it was Yeah, in. the F stands for fuck you. Yeah. Fuck tornado. you four, <laughs> fuck you five. Because <laughs> I think it has something to do with the... Oh, I am no, pulling up Fujita the Fujita scale. scale. I like fuck better. No. <laughs> what level so, of fuck? V- it would have been an F2. Okay. So not so like still powerful, horrible, but power, but yeah. not like it's going to just level everything. Right. F two will just kind of rip things to pieces, mm-hmm. but not just leave nothing. Miles wide devastation. Yeah. yeah. So, 150 mile per hour winds. It carried Matt away. Wait. So it, it, just, literally... it just picked him up and went, nah, you, yes, you'll do nicely. And then, like, <laughs> scooped him up. The, the tornado <laughs> sucked him out of the trailer through a collapsing wall. Where is his grandma? I just have to kitchen. know. In the kitchen. So, like, it just 360 making... no-scopes him out of this trailer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Leaves ah, the yes. grandma. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Gertrude, your son is mine. <laughs> her so name's definitely it took Gertrude. Him. <laughs> no, I have her name. Her name is not it's Gertrude. It's Gertrude. <laughs> it is not Gertrude. What is it? You'll, can you just go down? <laughs> I'm fine. Her name is Linda. (laughs) Okay, that's also a great grandma name. (laughs) Not for you, Linda. (laughs) Linda, I would have your grandson. (laughs) It took him. It carried him the length of like four football fields. Uh So it turned out to be 1,307 feet. Is how long this tornado took him away from home. Oh my god. That's so far. It threw him... Over a barbed wire fence. Sure. 
and then an additional, like, 200 yards before dropping the unconscious Matt, and this is the quote from the actual article, into soft grass of an open field. <laughs> that sounds lovely. <laughs> I imagine that there's dew on the grass and the sun is just coming up. <laughs> Honestly, if somebody no-scoped me and carried me up into the fucking sky, I would want to lie in a soft grass. Yes, that's the, the only... It could have deposited him in a parking lot. Like <laughs> It could have been real bad. It could have been real bad. He was bad. very lucky. The roof of another house. Like So he had a gash in his head from being hit by a lamp was it also in the tornado probably it was probably the Fuck lamp that yeah. was next to him yeah. it also no scopes the lamp and he's yeah. just riding with Listen, it <laughs> tornado plus precision is not a thing that is, it is that's now why this no seems so people. weird yeah why him and not linda so he needed he needed five surgical staples that's it. and he's probably had some other cuts and bruises but that was sure. the main like injury no wow. bones or anything no What's so, I mean, right? He got carried by a tornado and only needed five staples while he was in his boxers. Yeah, right. Kay? He doesn't even have any clothing that would, like, cover him from no. getting a bunch of cuts and stuff. You guys, seriously, I can't make this shit up. This is <laughs> fucking incredible. I need like, to meet this dude. So, I know. Where is he? <laughs> Missouri. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he left. <laughs> Maybe you get the fuck out of Missouri. You tornado know whisperer. <laughs> tornado rider so then he said in an interview everything was gone i could see debris from the trailers and garage everywhere oh my god it finally hit me that it must have been a tornado <laughs> <laughs> only as he was being deposited he was unconscious oh. he was Before unconscious that, i thought it might be the hand of god <laughs> or just, just a stiff was... breeze yeah and then he said i figured they were dead or hurt really bad oh. so i took off running for my best friend's house oh dang not your grandma though Fuck Linda. No, because he Fuck saw Linda. the debris from the trailer, and he thought they were dead. Oh, so he was just like, so there's he's like, I need I to get there. help. Uh, oh. So the National Weather Service is actually who determined that he was carried 1,307 feet. They so, came out there with measuring tape, and we're just like, we have to know exactly how far, because this is amazing. It's a record. <laughs> I Oh, my God. No, it's you- literally, you guys, it's a record. No one else had been carried over 1,000 feet since 1955 and survived it. What a fucking honor. I'm just, I'm picturing a bunch of fucking nerdy scientists, like, slamming open the door going, get this. Folks, grab your measuring tapes. We got one. <laughs> we got, <laughs> Everyone the, just laughs out. The Guinness Book of World Records comes crawling out of, like, nowhere. <laughs> We're just like, yes, we have one. Let us go. We will find it. Uh. The other longest previously documented incident happened in Bodil, South Dakota. Sure. On July 1st, 1955, when a tornado carried a nine-year-old girl and her pony... <laughs> Whoa. 1,000 feet before setting them down virtually unhurt. Was she Friendship riding the magic. She was on the pony. And the tornado picked up the girl and the pony and took them on a joyride from hell. Pony like, tornado, colon, friendship is magic. Like, I need that. I need that. <laughs> Why isn't this a movie, too? I feel like all of these tornadoes are just, like, benevolent spirits that really want to try their best to, like, chill with people but just keep fucking it up and destroying everything in their path you ever play sim city it's like the tornado is just one of those people being like you know what i'd actually like this little girl and her pony to be over here now (laughs) (laughs) so matt's grandma Mm. linda Mm -hmm. oh yeah linda and his uncle robert Mm -hmm. 
were both buried in the wreckage of the trailer, Ooh. but they both survived. Yay! So his uncle was just chilling too? Yeah. Somewhere in the God trailer. Damn. I don't know where. That tornado was on Matt. They, it wanted him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Linda, Linda said, I started hollering for Matt immediately, but there was nothing left where he'd been standing. <laughs> I just panicked. It was awful. I wanted to find him, but I didn't want to find him dead. Ooh. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So unable to find her grandson, Linda just, you know, started to dig out her son, you know, his uncle. Right. Oh, yeah. And then in the meantime, Kurt, you know, kind of covered in blood from his head wound, mm-hmm. just shows up at his neighbor's house. And the neighbor uh, said, he said the storm blew him way out into the field and he didn't know if his grandma or uncle were alive. His feet were all cut up. I don't know how he made it this far. Jeez. Adrenaline. Yeah, dude. Jesus Christ. So Matt's doctor said the lack of serious injuries beyond the head wound corroborated Matt's account of events. So if he had been blown across that field, there would have been more body surface areas abraded and contused than what he had. Whoa. Oh, so So literally like he wasn't like dropped and rolled by the tornado. Like the like tornado just kind of picked him up (laughs) and set him down, trotted along (laughs) now and then. Lightly laid him in a gentle field of daisies. And now you sleep. (laughs) Thank you for joining me on my journey. Thank you for this adventure. I must go now. Sleep well. So Matt said he's he had planned in 2006, I don't know if he followed through, because teenagers, (laughs) to help his grandma rebuild. That's sweet. And then he wanted to join the Marines, which, yeah. The Marines would be like, this is going to be really hard. And he'd be like, ha, 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 I've ridden a tornado. <laughs> Talk to wrecked. me when you've mastered the elements. <laughs> I am the Avatar. <laughs> I was just about to say that. He's the next Aang. Yes. He's just been an airbender this whole time. This whole time. time. Nobody knew it. Um, it's actually a true story. Uh, he actually caused the tornado as well. Right. He just okay. got real pissed at his grandma for nagging him. No. Come on, Linda. Here's the thing. He might have. Shut up. His quote. I've always told my girlfriend I wanted to see a tornado. But I sure didn't want to be in one. (laughs) But he was saying he wanted to see a tornado and nature's like, okay. It's like the secret. You put it out there in the universe. The tornadoes tornadoes are just trying to like help. I feel like they're all just gentle British men. Possibly like Michael Caine. (laughs) They all have Michael Caine's voice. That F5 that went through like Oklahoma City. That That was like some trucker. That was like a mile wide. (laughs) Yeah. That was like Dewey the Tornado. (laughs) (laughs) That's just Dewey. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about Dewey. God God damn it, Dewey. Dewey comes around every five or six years. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Oh my God. That's Matt and his tornado ride. Are we all in agreement that tornadoes are sentient and yeah. been That's regularly extra benevolent? terrifying now, though. <laughs> That's, like, extra terrifying. I don't want a tornado. I'm just going to scoot you up gently, good no. madam. No. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Put me down! I wish to converse with you. <laughs> Please, I know I am but a tornado. A cyclone, if you will. <laughs> but I, 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 too, miss speaking to people. <laughs> I have no friends. I'm so lonely. (laughs) I hate you both. (laughs) Someone get me new friends that's not shaped like a tornado. Yeah. I think all friends should be shaped like tornadoes. No! (laughs) I... All of my friends are shaped like tornadoes. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Wow. So I guess we aren't friends. 
Uh. Oh. Oh. Uh. Uh. Oh. Uh. 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 All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my survival tip. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't try and hold a window closed if there's a tornado outside, or guys. Do. And then just get gently deposited in a field of flowers. No, yes. that might be like Tornado Rhonda with a, I need to speak to your manager haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, That's just going to pick you up and throw you into a mall. Honestly, though, if we have some tips about like if you actually are in a tornado or like you just know one is coming, things you should do and things you should not do. If you have a basement, if you go, go in the that, basement. Get as low to the ground as you can. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> Cat's number one tip. Be Wake conscious. <laughs> but yes, get as low to the ground as possible. Um, I think it's still true that like if you don't have, if you live in an apartment, there's nothing really you can bathroom. do. Go to the bathroom, sit in get the bathroom. Get in the tub. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, I, I, I've heard it before. No windows. Like, yep. It's usually the most inward part, inward of- part and will have like a supporting wall connected oh. to it. Mm-hmm. So there's less chance of the bathroom collapsing in on you. And right. if it does... The walls of the tub will protect you, yeah, you from can debris be in flying. Yeah, because the tub when the debris falls. Yeah, because it'll the still... lip of the tub will protect you. Right. What if you're shaped like noodles and then you need to contort? <laughs> what if you're shaped like noodles, Cat? Are you concerned? <laughs> All right. <laughs> then you need to contort or yes. decide which foot you like best. Make yourself very small. <laughs> um, a thing you should not do that used to be a myth. Uh, if you're out on the road, do, do not, not go under a bridge. Do not pull over and go under an overpass or a bridge. Do it's not. really it's bad. It's so idea. bad. The winds under an overpass can get really intense, and so can the pressure as the yes. storm about, goes over you. It will rip you apart. What yes. about doorways? That's earthquakes. That's earthquakes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you stand in a doorway during an earthquake if you can't get. I love you so much. <laughs> fucking incredible yeah that's more if about you, things falling on you yeah yeah you know where i really worry about having earthquakes in fucking ottawa ontario <laughs> if you're outside during a tornado they say to just lay flat face down on the lowest part of the ground you can find like 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 get into a ditch sort of thing yeah, yeah. did and they say protect... something about whether you should leave your car or not yes do not stay in your car okay that's... Get as far away from trees and cars as you can. But what if the tornado just wants to pick up an entire family? And it's much easier if they're in a vehicle. No. Everyone in this Volkswagen. Oh, hello. I do love myself a good Fiat. It's time for a, for a picnic, everyone. Hey, let's go. Guys, oh. please don't befriend a tornado. And if you do, you can sue Taylor and Cat. Leave me out of this. <laughs> If tornadoes, if tornadoes, spaghettios, <laughs> but real turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, Um, if tornadoes are sentient, they are all my friends. Just saying this to our tornado overlords. Yeah, all Michael Caine, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine, who definitely voices all the tornadoes. Yeah, it, listen, it's either Michael Caine or like uh, uh, Westworld. Shit, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh yes. <laughs> it's it's one of those two. Yeah. One's busy, the other does it. <laughs> okay, coming in with another actual tip, this unlike is, these fucks. This is trash. <laughs> get a weather radio if you live in an area that gets a lot of really bad storms. Get an actual mm-hmm. weather radio. They still sell them. Don't right. depend on your cell phone. Because if 
all those towers go down and you lose power and you don't have Wi-Fi anymore, mm-hmm. you're screwed. Plus, like, tornado silence, sirens exist and they're good to listen to. But I also lived in Waupon, Wisconsin for a while and a tornado silent siren went off Waupon. most days. Waupon. Yeah, it's um sort of north Could you just say central. that one more time? Waupon. Sounds like a kung fu like sound effect. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> huge prison there. Uh, yes, there is a huge and creepy prison. But the tornado sirens went off there most nights, so it was kind of like, oh well, <laughs> like so you stop listening to them. So yeah, a weather radio can stop all the confusion. Just pay attention to what's going on. Also, they will. Some states do sound the sirens for wind. Mm-hmm. Like Wisconsin, yeah, that's probably oh, what that start just going into Silent Hill. No, oh. <laughs> they will they will sound the siren for wind. When I was a kid, I thought it was escaped convicts every night. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing's creepier than that, you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, any other really good tips? My other, my only other one, just from Salvador. Fucking take fucking good a page out of like, his book. Champion Salvador. Yeah, like stay optimistic. Keep your mind busy. Think of solutions. Don't let your fear of death Don't be a cause your death. Yourself. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's always gonna be my number one. Salvador's my hero, you guys. Like he I'm gonna dope as hell. I want to meet him. If any, yeah, me too. If anything bad ever happens to me, I'm gonna be like, man, what would Salvador do? Yeah. Can like... I get a live strong bracelet that says that? <laughs> <laughs> Live self. Live self. <laughs> we good? You got any cool tips? Or are we good? No, that's it. That's all, right. all I got. Fabulous. I mean, well, someone you. Googled, can a tornado happen at night? So <laughs> I'm not that confident in What uh, the when fuck? <laughs> it's when they're sleeping. No, they're afraid of the dark. <laughs> we mustn't venture to the dark place, Michael. <laughs> no, no, Michael. <laughs> all tornadoes are also named Michael after their voice actor. <laughs> it's either Michael or Anthony. Anthony. Anthony, I'm afraid. <laughs> I don't want to go out. It's too dark. Okay. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Uh- <laughs> I'm so sorry about everything that just happened. I want you guys I'm to not- know I'm not sorry at all. Neither is Cat. <gasps> Two out of three. All right. <laughs> the hurricane of Galveston. This was before we named hurricanes anything. We didn't do that until the 1950s. What if I call it Gal Pal? You can call it Gal Pal, although <laughs> it is not a pal to the Galveston area at all. Um, so, just some stats, as I am wont to do recently. Oh, yep. The hurricane made landfall on September 8th, 1900. It was a Category 4 storm with winds up to, I had some conflicting reports, but as high as 145 miles per hour. Oh. That is some shit. That's, that's a lot of wind. That'll fuck you right up. Mm-hmm. To this day, it is the deadliest natural disaster in U.S. history. 3,600 homes were destroyed. Oh. And between 6,000 and 12,000 people died. Oh, shit. That is a very big that discrepancy, a, by the way. That's... Between 6,000 and twice as many as 6,000. That's a lot There's of so many people that might or might not be dead. Yeah, well, I know. That was, that kind of I mean, that's off. a lot of people that are dead. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Even if it's just 6,000, it's that's still like... still so many people. Fuck. But it could be twice that. A lot of the reports said people settled on 8,000. I was like, oh, well, good. Yeah, sure. Beat them somewhere sort of in the middle. Right. 
I have a lot of sort of like survivor reports, mini things here and there, a letter from a lady describing Ooh. the ordeal. Um, one of my main survivors that I just sort of knew the most about is Isaac Klein. He was the Weather Bureau's chief observer for Galveston at the time. And kind of a weird, uh, controversial figure. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. But first, a little bit of background on Galveston. Galveston. <laughs> at the time, Galveston, Texas was doing pretty well. Like, really fucking well. It, it was an island city just off the coast of Texas in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. So it's like still part of Texas, but it is not officially attached to land. It has bridges that bridge the gap between actual Texas and Galveston. Um, there were 37,000 people living there by the end of the 19th century. Wow, 37,000 people living on a pimple. I know. Like, I was sort of like, how big is this goddamn island? I actually didn't. Yeah, it must have been decent size. I mean, 37,000 people isn't a ton, especially now, but for that area. Oh, yeah. It was in that time period. mm -hmm. It's Dees. Yeah, it was easily the biggest thing around. Houston wasn't that big yet. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's bigger in Texas. Oh my god, I <laughs> fucking hate us. <laughs> it, um, so it was the center for trade in Texas because it had like the port of Galveston sure. in the Gulf of Mexico. Water. So yeah, just a shipload of water, access to ships. Um, I want to say, want to hear a list of firsts? Uh, so these are all the things that Wikipedia insisted on telling me that Galveston had first in the state of Texas. Okay. The first post office, the first naval base, the first Texas chapter of a Masonic order, the first cotton compress, the first parochial school, the first insurance company, the first gas lights, first Roman Catholic hospital, the first Jewish reform congregation, the first opera house, the first orphanage, (laughs) the first telephone, the first electric lights, the first medical college, and the first school for nurses. It was killing it. Yeah, they were busy. Mm Mm-hmm. The first telephone, my dude. My favorite part about that is that it had the first gas lights in 1956 and or 1856. (laughs) Look, Texas is backwards, but it's not that bad. (laughs) Okay, it had the first. We got gas lights. (laughs) It's 1956, and we just got gas lights. You see these newfangled gas lights? They smell like a fart. We don't need that whale shit anymore. Right? Yeah, fuck that kerosene. These smell like a fart, but boy, do they light up the room. I hate everything. <laughs> um, but, okay, so that's 1856. And then they had the first electric lights, like, 30 years later. Gas really didn't last very long before we were like, nah, 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 fuck this. We need yeah. something else. Where's a light bulb? Yeah. Anyway, Galveston was also sometimes called the Ellis Island of the West. Because all of the trade and immigration, like, made it a pretty diverse city for the time. It was actually a pretty good city for immigrants, too, and also black people, because in the late 1800s, it was the Reconstruction era, and this was, like, a pretty good place for it. Like, black people and immigrants were pretty well-educated, they had higher wages and lower unemployment than ever before, and they participated in desegregated trade unions. Holy shit. Yeah, so they were doing I This. Yeah. Yeah. All that shit made the 1800s, the late 1800s, um, the golden era. Of Galveston. Hmm. Yeah. So it's the golden era. And then it turns 1900. And bad things start to happen. Not almost immediately. In September, but still. Yeah, it gives it a few months. Yeah. It's it like, lets ooh. them think it's okay. Yeah, what a blessed new century we're a part of. Oh, no, wait. 
Oopsie doodle buns, here comes a big wave of water and it, some wind. Which, again, I think I've mentioned on this show before, nothing is scarier to me than a really big wave. So, Oh my god, there's like, I can't wrap my mind around seeing like a 30 to 50 foot wave coming at my I face. I think I'd shit. Like, honestly, like, it would be I, so bad. Any who's it's. It's September 4th. The first weather reports of a tropical storm moving in from Cuba come in. Oh. Weather forecasters did not have the tech to know, like, exactly where it was headed or how strong it would get. Yeah. Um, and they also didn't like to use the word hurricane because it freaked people out. Huh, I wonder why. Uh-huh. So I they... live on an island <laughs> off the coast of Texas in the Gulf of Mexico, and they're saying the word hurricane. I mean, the word hurricane still freaks us out. Oh, yeah. Rightfully so. I get nervous in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, what if that... Fun fact, this hurricane I'm about to talk about did reach the, like, Wisconsin. Like, southeast Wisconsin got, like, four inches of rain. Well, yeah, and also we can sometimes get the wind. It's important to note that the only people who could issue a hurricane warning, who could use that word, were in Washington, D.C., with the Weather Bureau. Nobody else was allowed to do it without their approval. That seems counterintuitive. It's dumb. September 5th, the first rain clouds begin to roll in over Galveston. Almost no one evacuated or even gave a single shit. Sure. No one's saying the H word. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, unfortunately, is that there were a lot of conflicting reports. Oh, yeah. U.S. forecasters. Yeah, I know it's great. U.S. forecasters thought that the storm would turn east and head to Florida. In Cuba, they were like, no, no, no. That's not how this is going to go. <laughs> it's super going to hit Texas. It's going to be bad, guys. Uh-huh. And no one continued to give a shit. I should mention, okay, so the Weather Bureau is a, the predecessor to what we currently have, the National Weather Service. And it was only 10 years old at the time. And they knew fuck all. Is a baby. Mm-hmm. Not only did they know fuck all, Cuba knew a shitload because they got hit by hurricanes all the time. So they were pretty good at tracking them. And we, here in the U.S., were so jealous of Cuba's weather-predicting abilities that we stopped receiving their intel. We just, like, didn't anymore because people were tired of it. That makes sense. So we were like, no, bye, shut off the radio. <laughs> this hurricane is coming in. I'm Cuba. I know everything about weather. Me, me, me. I know. Yeah, that's, I that's like us. That's that was us in 1900. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Womp. <laughs> My God, did we fuck this up seriously? Oh, yeah. Um, like at least a hundred different people fucked up, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's bring in our survivor, one of them. Isaac Klein, as mentioned, the Weather Bureau's chief observer for the Galveston area. He was a somewhat controversial figure. He is known for, prior to the incident, telling everyone in an opinion column that the idea that a strong hurricane would reach Galveston was a crazy idea and that there was no need for the city to build a flood wall. So, point against, I guess. <laughs> However, um, when he began to, I think it was like maybe the 5th or the 6th of September, he's seeing that, like, maybe these weather reports are wrong. Maybe it really is headed this way. He's he allegedly, like, literally drove through town, walked to the beaches, was telling people in person to leave. Like, was just one-on-one, -on -one, like, you should go. 
Um, no one can corroborate these stories, however. That seems legit, though. I know, I mean, these are in Klein's autobiography. I'm not sure why exactly he'd lie, but no one living could tell you that he actually did this. You know, maybe if he'd been on horseback. Mm-hmm. And the Paul like, Revere of this? Yeah, just screaming like, the hurricane is coming, the hurricane is coming. <laughs> not gonna lie, that's what I picture. <laughs> and like ringing a bell or something. Yeah. Just very majestic. I'm just, yeah. Oh, I'm seeing it right now. The yeah, horse is right. white, but with like black spots right. on its butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Of course. Yep. Glad we're seeing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that might be a point in his favor. Anyway. You tried. Yes. Gold star. You tried. Me. Proud of you. You so. got an F minus before, mm-hmm. but you got the you tried gold star. You tried real hard after fucking up real bad. Over the next few days, the storm gets closer and closer. They're seeing some rain, some clouds, and then on September 8th, the full brunt of the hurricane hit. At noon, to his credit again, Isaac Klein decided to issue a hurricane warning without waiting for approval from Washington, D.C. Oh, rebel! I know, look at him go! But he did <laughs> done do it. Yeah, what are they going to do, arrest him? Right. He dies, like, guys. Now, Isaac himself claims that this probably saved thousands of lives because people did start to leave, but, like, it's the day of. Yeah. This shit is happening right now. So tens of thousands of people are still in Galveston, just in their homes. Doing regular shit. Hanging out. Mm-hmm. Making a pie. Did I mention that Galveston is only 8.7 feet above sea level at its highest point? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> food for thought. I don't want that food. Can you take it back? It's, uh, it's not cooked you properly. You can't send back this food. Dang this it. is for your thoughts. Dang it. <laughs> Put it in your mouth brain. I don't want it in my mouth brain. <laughs> For one really, really horrible night, the city of Galveston was just fucking wrecked by a Category 4 hurricane whose top speeds at least reach over 100, maybe as much as 145 miles an hour. The floods crested at 15 feet above sea level, which is quite a few feet above that 8.7 I just said. Um, So the whole damn thing was flooded. Like thousands of homes buckled under the waves and the wind and just like the, the constant rush of water. Is basically gone. It's like you submerged. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's, turning into Atlantis here mm-hmm. for a little bit. You if you look up pictures, I recommend you look up some pictures. It is just wood. As far as the eye can see, just broken boards of wood everywhere. It's nuts. I do have a little bit of a story from a survivor named Ida Austin. She was a religious lady. That's all I really know. I think she had a Bible school. Sure. Not anymore. Yeah. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Not anymore. She did live through this, though, and she wrote a little letter just for posterity, I think. Oh, the letter. And it goes like this. Mm. Everybody talks awesome in 1900, by the way. Of so. course. The story of Galveston's tragedy can never be written. Galveston! Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> The beautiful island city is hardly recognizable today. A storm had been predicted for Friday night, the 7th of September, but so little impression did it make on my mind that a most beautiful and well-attended moonlight... Fet? What's a F-E-T-E? Party. Yeah. French for party. Cool. Thanks. She used French for party here, so people were cool in 1900. But anyway, she attended a moonlight party. It was actually at her own home, an 
Oaklawn that night. That night. The night of the hurricane. She <laughs> she did a party. I was busy about my domestic affairs Saturday. Rearranging my house. She means Friday. She's a dumb bee. When I heard a, <laughs> Sorry. When I, when I heard a man ran up on the street and exclaim, My God, the waters of the A and Gulf have met on 15th Street. I went on the gallery and realized that what he said was only too true. <laughs> I want to point out, this is like a full theatrical experience for me because she's also doing a face (laughs) as she reads it and changing her posture so yes it's true i forgot (laughs) you have to to. anyway oh my god but because i'm a dummy i felt no uneasiness and and remarked to my niece you have nothing to fear the water has never been to our place our place is better She didn't say that last part. (laughs) And I just felt that it could not come. In a few minutes, we heard the lapping of the salt water against the sidewalk. And then it slowly crept into the yard. (laughs) My God, woman. She's killing it. She is. (laughs) In an incredibly short time, the water surged over, I think that's supposed to read, the Mm. gallery driven by a furiously blowing wind. Trees began to fall, slate shingles, planks and debris from every imaginable kind... Of every imaginable kind, Ida. <laughs> We're being hurled. Grammar was different back then. It's fine. We're being hurled through the air. We brought our cow on the gallery. Because, yeah, everyone has a cow, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> to save her life, but soon had to take her in the dining room where she spent the night. Not gonna lie, if I had a cow and there <laughs> was a hurricane... I would bring the cow. I would too. Into my house, Cows I would are bring cute. all of the farm animals oh, into my be 18 house. Fucking It'd be chickens. a problem. Poop everywhere. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Ten very large trees were soon uprooted and fell, crashing, banging, and scraping against our house. We opened all the downstairs and let the water flow through. Soon it stood three feet in all the rooms. The wind seemed to grow more furious, reaching the incredible velocity of 120 miles an hour. I wish someone could figure out how fast the wind actually was, but I get conflicting reports. (laughs) That last part is also me. (laughs) Blinds were torn off windows, frames, sash and all blown in. The rainwater stood an inch and a half on the upstairs floors. Upstairs. Upstairs. Up. Then slowly dripped through, taking paper and plastering from ceilings in rooms below. And that's the end of her weird story. So she had some money. She hella had some fucking money. Still had a cow. Yeah. And like fancy ceiling shit. Mm -hmm. She was by far like one of the better off. Her entire house wasn't destroyed and collapsed on top of her. So she's doing okay. Well, I feel like they were also smart opening the windows agree and relieving of some that of that pressure. initial pressure yes letting uh, yeah letting it flow freely through the house probably a good call yeah, rather than making it break the windows and then right <gasps> and that's why yeah and like this is what happened to tons and tons of people like they would be on their second floors or even on top of their roof and then the house would buckle underneath them and they'd all drown including isaac klein's pregnant wife 
Oh, no. Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> oh, my God. How the hell do you justify just slipping that one in? I don't know. We're on this, like, magical high with Ida hanging out with Damn her it. cow. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Whoops. A lady's dead. Surprise. So an unborn baby. Yeah, I'm here for uh, ruining your night, obviously. Wow. It's rude. Well, one good thing is that Isaac did live and was able to save his youngest daughter, who was like a baby. Apparently, he had her in his arms, but he's like being buffeted by winds. He's just trying to stand on top of their roof and he loses hold of her and like, but he doesn't really realize it. He's like kind of freaking out. Everybody goes kind of insane, obviously. And something hits his hand and he realizes it is the foot of his baby daughter, whom he has just let go. And he grabs onto it and he pulls her back. Just saying. Um, his other two daughters were saved by his brother, so he he got his three daughters out of it, and himself, and his brother, and from that day forward, no one in the Klein family talks about the hurricane ever. Literally. Sure. Like, you just don't. Yeah. Like, not at all. It's like shell shock. I know. Yeah. Before they had, they actually called it PTSD. Right? Oh, I believe a hundo percent of these people have oh, PTSD. Oh, God, yeah. For a couple more reasons. Let me tell you about oh, them. Oh, God. Couple other survivor stories, they're short. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Peter Boss, because that's how we used to fucking refer to people. I'm sorry, I don't um, know the woman's name. I'm so sorry to break this to you. I know we still do it. Yeah. yeah. I get the phone calls from them. This Ew. is Mrs. Burberber. Ew. Ladies, you don't have to. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Stop, yeah. stop yep. letting people do that. Yep. You have a name. Anyway. <clears throat> <laughs> um, so they were formerly of Chicago, Illinois, and boy, did they move to the wrong spot. Oh, God. <laughs> they were seated at supper with their son when the storm broke. Again, no one gave a shit. Um, Mrs. Boss used a handkerchief containing $2,000 from the Bureau and accompanied her husband and son to the second story. When the water reached them, they leaped in, uh, into the darkness and landed on a wooden cistern upon which the uh, they rode the entire night. They're just on it. <laughs> They're just fucking on it the whole night. Several times, Mrs. Boss lost her hold and fell back into the water, only to be grabbed by her son and pulled back on. So eventually her feet are crushed and bleeding. Her clothing is torn from her body. Almost everybody, it says, they were fucking naked by the end. Yeah. Because I mean, it just, just gets the ripped wings. off. The debris, mm -hmm. the waves, if you get into that water, you're going to yeah. be cut. Things are going to rip. Things are going to get caught. Exactly. It's going to be brutal. Yeah. It's and one that... of the reasons why people drown in floodwaters is not because they can't swim. It's because of all the shit in all the water the stuff and the rushing. speed in the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was lucky to be grabbed so oh, many yeah. times and yeah. saved. By the end of it, like she and her companions were without clothing and totally delirious. They were the only person saved on their entire block. They're the only ones who oh. lived. Because um, they took a leap of faith. I mean, this, the way this is written, it makes it seem like they were like, there might be something over there. Let's jump. Oh, and then they just done did it. I'm proud of them. The boat anchor boys were... <laughs> I'm sorry. They were the boat anchor boys. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> With the you aid gave me a microphone. I can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're right. Damn it. With the aid of a hunting skiff. Small boat? I don't know. Rescued over 40 people and took them to the university building where they found shelter from the wind and waves. Holy shit. Yeah. The little skiff was pushed by hand. The boys not being able to use oars or sticks and propelling it. Yeah, so they literally are like paddling with their stupid hands. And it has been set aside in the university as a relic of the flood. So that little skiff is still oh. there. 
I'm curious now. Oh, it's like a very flat boat that you oh, can right. like take through the reeds as you're hunting for ducks and shit. I'm oh, totally legit. <laughs> on a flat boat. Awesome. One last one. Oh boy. I don't think I don't I mean, it's fine. I was just putting ones that sounded interesting. The Reverend and Mrs. L. P. Davis. Mm. Um, and their five children reached Houston penniless and nearly naked, but overcome with amazement and joy at their miraculous delivery from what seemed to them certain death. Wind and water had wrecked their home, annihilated their neighbors, annihilated their neighbors, <laughs> this says. <laughs> like, I didn't Did write that. Did they see it? <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Like, holy they were vaporized. Shit. <laughs> That storm just go like, fuck you in particular. Yes, and also this destroyed every particle of food from miles around. I'm picturing just like bread just like disintegrating in front of I their just, eyes. I'm picturing like this storm is like forming a hippo head. And it's like hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> just I'm like 60 ah, hippo ah, heads ah, just ah, munching ah. all the food for miles around. <laughs> And yet they passed through the terrible days and nights, raising their voices above the shriek of the wind in singing hymns and in prayer. Okay. You know, whatever you gotta do when you are fucked up in the head because some shit has happened to yeah. you. Anyway. Um, I labeled this the worst part. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> the winds took out the telegraph lines and presumably the couple of telephone lines they had by that point and all the bridges to the mainland. Oh, shit. There was no escape left on the island after September 8th and no way to get word out about what had happened except for the one ship that made it through. I didn't write its name down. But it survived the storm and it was sent to the mainland and it reached it on 11 a.m. September 9th. So the storm hits in the night. It gets there the next morning. And then... They have to go to a telegraph office, which is in fucking Houston, and they don't reach it until 3 a.m. September 10th. It's been almost 48 hours, and nobody knows this has happened. Shit. People are just dying under houses and shit, and nobody knows. Because, hey, the past? You fucking suck. Like, <laughs> nobody could get a message to anywhere for any reason I hate the past. Anyway, ugh. When they reached the telegraph office in Houston, a short message was sent to the Texas governor at the time, Joseph D. Sayers. And to the U.S. president, William McKinley. He wasn't dead yet. Mm. That's coming. Yeah. I have been deputized by the mayor and citizens committee of Galveston to inform you that the city of Galveston is in ruins. That is what the message said. The message reported that there was an estimated 500 people dead, and that was considered to be a huge exaggeration at the time. Boy, they're in for a shock. Uh-huh. Um, most of the people who had died were drowned um, or were crushed as the waves pounded the debris that had been their homes. Many survived the storm itself, but died several days after because they were trapped under the wreckage of the city. Yeah. With rescuers unable to reach them, the rescuers, who did eventually come, could hear the screams of the survivors as they walked on the debris trying to rescue who they could. A further 30,000 people were left homeless. Do you remember how many people I said live in Galveston at this time? Yeah. 37,000. So... Almost all of them. Yeah. Like... That island just didn't... Well, and like... It got leveled. So... My thing is, like, 
by these numbers, at least 7,000 people died. Yeah, at least. There's nobody who's not fucking homeless in this town or dead. Yeah. Like, it's V-bad. Yeah. Now, but here's the actual worst part, because I wrote that thinking that would be the worst part, and then I kept reading. So this is the real worst part. I know the question you want to ask, Emily. Oh, no. Hey, Taylor, what did they do with all those dead bodies? Oh, no, that wasn't the question I was going to ask. Oh, see. But, I mean, it is also a very valid question. It's a V-good cue. Because that's a lot of bodies. So many. Between six and 12,000. <laughs> we have no idea. Well, Emily, I will tell you. Mm. They couldn't bury all of them. There nope. literally isn't enough land in the whole yep. island. Yep. So at first, they put them out to sea. They, they weighed them down and pushed them into the water. How'd that go for them? Not good. Yeah, I imagine. The bodies came back. Yeah. And now they're all on the beach. Yeah. Just piling up. Because, you know, post-hurricane waters in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And they just... just crazy. I can't imagine you have enough of anything to weigh down thousands and thousands of bodies. No. So they all came back. Yeah. And then they decided to burn them in huge funeral pyres along the beach that burned for weeks. There were so many bodies, they had to keep the fires going for weeks. So it's just dudes who are being plied with whiskey 24-7 to do this. As they should. Uh Uh-huh. It's the only way. Um, They are piling up bodies and burning them for weeks on end. Anyway, that is the worst part. I'm sorry. Just a little bit of an ending here. There have been more than 300 hurricanes and tropical storms in America since 1900. The death toll for every single one of these, together, still does not outpace the number of people who died in Galveston on that day in September of 1900. So, we fucked up hard that day. Oh, yeah. Since then, the Weather Bureau, later to become the National Weather Service, decided to throw politics aside with the whole we-don't-talk-to-Cuba shit and anywhere else... Um, For the sake of people's safety, obviously. And they started making it easier to communicate across the country without having to, like, talk to Washington, D.C. to declare shit. And then also internationally trying to trying to get better at all this. Working together for the public good. Isn't that nice? Mm, Imagine if that could have continued into today. Right. Mm. Well, I think we've gotten at least better at figuring out where the fucking hurricanes are going. But anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Ida still lives inside me, I think. Whoops. She lives in me. She Ella, lives in me. Ella. She watches over. Ella. Ella Mela. Oh, we owe so much money. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Isaac Klein, our dude, moved his family to New Orleans, where he was still a weather watcher, and where he saved lives, I will say. I liked this story. He insisted one day, like, because he knew that the Mississippi River was about to flood, and he insisted they raise the levees. He predicted that the water level would reach 21 feet, and there was a bunch of bureaucratic bullshit. Nobody wanted to believe him, but in the end, they raised the levees to 21 feet, and the water crested at 20.7 feet. (laughs) He's a baller. Oh, shit. Yeah, he was totally 100% right. But anyway... He devoted much of his life after that, like, to the study of tropical cyclones, just to try to understand what the fuck happened. Yeah, so, I mean, deez. Galveston was rebuilt 
but it never reached the levels of like prosperity and importance that it once had. Houston instead. Yeah. People moved inland. Yes. And also they did, they found like an inland way to Houston. So the port of Houston opened up and it became the booming and influential city that Galveston had once been. Womp womp Galveston. The end. Mm. I kind of want to go to Galveston now. I kind of do too. Yeah. (laughs) Just be like, so y'all good? Y'all got a bunch of, like, debris in a museum, right? I'm going to go see it? Yeah, I'm going to go look at, like, a piece of wood for, like, two hours. Okay, so. thanks. Okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my story. But did the cow survive? That was going to be my question. Oh, that is such a good cue. I do think that cow survived. She didn't say that he didn't. Although, they brought him into the dining room, and then, like, the upstairs was flooded. So, I'm not sure. You cannot bring a cow upstairs. I know it's downstairs they can't do, but... Have you ever tried bringing a cow upstairs? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk about a gentleman named Roy Cleveland Sullivan, born February 7th of 1912. Hello, Roy. So, and he was a United States park ranger in the in the in the Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. Oh. Now, he had, yeah, he had, oh, wow. You well, two we both had totally <laughs> different ways. <Yeah. laughs> All right. So between 1942 and 1977, he had some bad luck. Good. He got hit by lightning on I'm... seven different occasions oh. and survived all of them. Well, my money was on bear. That's way cooler, though. Yeah, dude. Seven different seven. times. Seven. Most people aren't even struck once in their lifetime. At what yeah. point was he like, you know, maybe I should pack it up. This is beginning to become a fucking thing. I think God <laughs> hates me in particular. Mm-hmm. I think I should go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So he was given the na- the nickname the Human Lightning Conductor and the Human Lightning Rod. Shitty nickname, but go on. Yeah. The, Garbage. The this is, is the 40s to the 70s. So no one's really Nimrod. great. No, they're not that great. Problem solved. Mm. Human lightning rod is not bad. Human lightning conductor is way fucking longer (laughs) than it needs to be, and somebody was an idiot. So he is recognized in the Guinness World Records as the person struck by lightning more recorded times than any other human being. I just can't. I just can't. So before I dive into the story... And for your mental pictures of Mr. Sullivan, apparently he resembles Gene Hackman. So you can picture Gene Hackman. No. No, that's Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Gene Hackman and Hugh Jackman. How come I never realized how close those names are? Well, now you have it. I'm very upset. (laughs) This is like Wendy's all over again. Shut up, Emily. (laughs) No, so here's a minor segue. When we were on our way to Chicago, Cat said that... Rob Thomas owned Wendy's and oh. Dave Thomas was in Matchbox 20. <laughs> so I would have just let her have that. That's fine. They never do. So Gene Hackman. So Gene Hackman look alike. Cool. Before we get into this, though, because I'm going to go through the times that he was struck. Yes, please. Okay. So the first documented lightning strike Oh, are you going to count them? Yeah. I'm going to count on my fingers. One of okay. seven. It makes for riveting podcast listening, but yeah. I'm counting on my fingers. So April of 1942 was the first time he was struck by lightning. Good. So he was hiding. <laughs> Good? <laughs> yes. Fuck this guy, I guess. I don't know. Wow. I'm sorry, Roy. I'm just kidding. I love you. I just... 
Well, he's dead. I'm going to get to that. No. It was suicide. Son of a... It's because it's... Okay. God can't kill me. Only I can kill me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Roy Hackman. You insensitive fucks. (laughs) The immortal that wouldn't die. So he was hiding from a thunderstorm in a fire lookout tower. And doing a piss poor job. Well, it wasn't his fault. Okay. Because he should have been okay. But the tower was new and they hadn't built a lightning rod on it. Oh, shit. So it was just hitting the tower. Mm-hmm. Well, that was dumb. So it hit the tower seven or eight times. And then inside the tower, there's a quote from Roy saying that fire was jumping all over the place. Whoa. So then he ran out of the tower because obviously he's like, oh, my God, fire. <laughs> and um, just as he got out a few feet away, he got struck by lightning. Oh, my God. And he said it was, like, the worst lightning strike he'd ever experienced. It burned a half-inch strip along his right leg, his toe, and it put a hole in his shoe. Oh, so he got, like, he got it right in the foot. Like, like right down the leg and in the foot. Because it goes down your body into the ground. It's looking for a grounding source. That makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. His right shoe in particular. (laughs) this particular shoe! So, one, two, skip a few. It's July 1969. This is lightning strike number two. Cool. So, he's just driving on a mountain road, hanging out in his truck. Mountain mama. And (laughs) struck by lightning. Son of a bitch. In his truck. Minding his own goddamn business. Seriously. He was kind of moving. He he was in a truck that moves fast. Well, and also, like, the metal body of the truck should have protected him. But nah. There's a phenomenon called, like, the Faraday cage oh, when yeah. you're in a car and it protects you. So the lightning first hit the nearby trees and then was deflected into the open window of the truck. Son of a bitch. Wait, what? Yeah. Could you just repeat it that? It just, like, boomeranged off a tree <laughs> into the truck. So, like, if it wasn't The lightning was like, ooh, I want to go in here and, like, hit the tree and then jumped into his car. So, like, he Are wasn't sure directly he wasn't hit. wasn't the park ranger for, like, Yogi Bear? Yeah, seriously. Well, Is like, he a cartoon? Acne? Yeah. Yeah, no, he was a real person. Yeah, he's, he's like, the fuck... Oh, my God. So, okay, if he had been... If it had been struck directly, he then probably would have been Then he would have had safe. a Faraday. Yes, but because but he did a because it went fucking ricocheted. Y'all ever seen, like, lightning go sideways? Because apparently it do. It knocked him unconscious. Oh, God. Burned off his eyebrows and his eyelashes. Oh, my God. And set his hair on fire. How is that not the worst one? And then the truck, because remember, he was driving, guys. He was driving. Oh, my God. On a mountain road. Roy. West Virginia. And (laughs) the truck kept moving. But thankfully stopped as it got near the cliff's edge. It, just, it was oh like, no, you know what? You live today, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now let's <laughs> let's skip forward to 1970. One, just one year later? Just one year later. Cool. Great. Jesus Christ. He was standing in his front yard. Oh, my God. And he got struck by lightning that hit a nearby power transformer and then jumped to his left shoulder. Is he made of... What the fuck? He is Hugh Jackman. He's made of adamantium. He has adamantium bones. Wolverine, you can't hide in the park. God damn it, Wolverine. (laughs) All right. So then 1972, he was working inside the ranger station 
at the Shenandoah National Park. Oh my god. When another strike occurred. He was inside a building, though. Yep. It set that? his hair on fire. How did it get in? I'm gonna get to that, <laughs> I think. Wait, can't remember. <laughs> There's too many of these. Somebody just opened the door and went, there you go, buddy. He's right over there. <laughs> um, there was like a knock and someone's like, Roy, it's for you. And the lightning just comes in. <laughs> Sing Land Shark, but real quick. <laughs> so he uh, tried to put out, you know, the hair fire and he went to the bathroom, but he couldn't fit his head under the water trap. So he had to wet a towel and then and pat it up. Why had his hair was on fire? His hair had just been on fire a year ago. Yeah, so it was just growing back. I can't imagine there's and a then, lot there. Roy, I know you're dead, but I hope you just went bald after that. Yeah, Roy, bother. please don't bother anymore. Let Mr. Clean this shit. Yeah, I bet you looked good, Roy. It's fine. Yeah. So, the quote is that he wasn't a fearful man. But after the fourth strike, he began to believe yeah, that some force was trying to destroy him, and he actually started to fear death. I don't think there's anybody on this planet who wouldn't start to feel that way after getting struck by lightning four times. Yeah. In yeah. Like very improbable circumstances. The first one, I totally get. Everything after that sounds like bullshit. I'm just going to boomerang or like come into your fucking park warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Or like you just happen to be standing sort of near any source of electricity ever. So yeah. you're fucked. Like, oh so God. for months after all of this happened, anytime he was caught in a storm when he was driving, he would pull over and lie down in the front seat until the storm had passed. He also started to believe that he was somehow attracting the lightning, even if he stood in a crowd of people. So he always carried a can of water with him in case his hair was set on fire. Oh my god. I feel really bad about making fun of him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You insensitive fucks. Good job. Roy starts getting real creepy to the outside people, though. Like, people who don't know this has happened to him, they're like, you seen Roy? What's this? This is my can of water for when my hair gets on fire. Roy, why are you on the ground? What's the can of water for, bud? (laughs) PTSD. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Like, he definitely has PTSD. PTSD. Poor guy, Jesus. So, on June 7th, I'm sorry, on August 7th, 1973, he was out on patrol. He saw a storm cloud forming and drove away quickly. But the cloud, he said later, seemed to be following him. Oh my God. Oh no, honey. So, he tried to outrun it and then decided it was safe to leave his truck. And then soon after, he was struck by lightning. Oh, my God. You said seven times? This is number five. So here's the thing. He's so paranoid. And you want to be like, oh, honey, don't think that way. That's bad. uh, And then he gets struck by lightning again. So he was right. So remember how it hit his right shoe first? Yeah. Oh, my God. It came to the left. So the lightning moved down his left arm and left leg and knocked off his left shoe. Oh, my God. And then it crossed over to his right leg just below the knee. Dang. I mean, it sucks, so, symmetry. True. He crawled over to his truck and poured the can of water over his head, <laughs> which was on fire. Oh, is His there... head was on fire again! I'm laughing, but it's because I'm uncomfortable. Oh, God. So am I right in thinking that the only one where his hair didn't start on fire was the first one? Yeah. And that's the worst one to him? Yeah. <laughs> the hair's fine with him, apparently. Right. The yeah. hair's fine being on fire. So, the next strike was God. June 5th, 1976. Ooh, he went a whole, like, three years. And it only injured his ankle. So, he said that he saw a cloud 
thought that it was following him. He tried to run away, but he was struck anyways. Oh my god. And it injured his ankle. Roy, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Last strike. Oh my god. Saturday morning, June 25th, 1977. He was struck while fishing in a freshwater pool. So the lightning hit the top of his head. Set his hair on fire. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Then traveled down and burned his chest and his stomach. Ooh. This gets worse. Sounds real bad. Oh. So he turned to his car to try and get away when there was then a bear by the pond. Listen, I know I said my money was on bears, but not like this. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I feel like you called this bear into this story, Cass. I'm so sorry, This is all your fault. (laughs) So the bear just wanted the trout that he'd been catching. Sure. So, Roy had enough strength left after being struck by fucking lightning again. Well, he knows exactly what it feels like by this point. To <laughs> hit the bear with a tree branch. Nice. Roy. I mean, dope. What a bitch and dude. Yeah. Well, apparently this was the 22nd time he'd hit a bear with a stick. Per his, um... I mean, I get it. He's like a park really ranger. bad luck. So, like, I get it. Yeah. But, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just hitting bears with sticks, getting struck by lightning, huh, yeah. Roy? That's your life, huh, Roy? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's how you do it, Boo? He has hit three times as many bears with sticks as he has been struck by lightning, though, so that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so these are the seven reported times. Roy says that the first time he was struck was when he was a child, but they don't have a way to back up that fact. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that he was helping his father cut wheat in the field when a thunderbolt struck the blade of his um, scythe. So he might have been struck eight yeah. times. But they he wasn't hurt for, sure. for that one because it all went through. Right. Yeah. Um, Son of a bitch. His wife was also struck by lightning once. Was she standing too close to him? I'm sorry. Is he secretly static shock? I my my theory is that he is Thor, god of thunder, but he has forgotten. Yeah, and they are, and his own powers are trying to remind him by constantly striking him. So she was hanging clothes in the backyard, and he was helping her. Oh, and then she got struck by lightning. The odds of being struck by lightning over a period of eighty years is roughly estimated at a ratio of one to ten thousand. So your odds are one in ten thousand. That still seems like more common than i would think but yeah and the probability of being hit seven times <laughs> would be one in 10 to the 28th power oh my god because that's so many zeros yeah that's a lot of numbers and i'm not doing that so let's go back to roy the end of his life oh roy before i do that though Because there's a quote from him. Because he got really sad. Because people became fearful of being hit by lightning of being near him. Really? Oh, no. So he, there's a quote from him saying, For instance, I was walking with the chief ranger one day when lightning struck way off in the distance. The chief said, I'll see you later. Oh, my God. So, like, people wouldn't go near him. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's got a whole rep. Oh, God. So... On the morning of September 28th, 1983, Roy died at the age of 71 from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Shit. So, officially, it states that he shot himself over an unrequited love of his wife, 
who was 30 years younger than him, who was lying in bed next to him when he shot himself. Oh, my God. And didn't notice for several hours. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. The gunshot's pretty loud. I yeah. Think. How did she sleep through a gunshot? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's... That that sounds fishy as fuck. Yeah. 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 So maybe he was murdered. I don't know. She was lightning. afraid of getting struck by lightning, so she shot him. Or 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 the lightning. The oh lightning learned how to no! use a gun. Roy. <laughs> <laughs> look, I only oh look. Roy, we're very sorry this happened to you. It's crazy. Yeah, um, there that's isn't. Insane, Roy. That's so improbable based on the numbers that nobody on this planet should have had to deal with that. Like that's like there's fewer people on the planet than there are zeros in that number. So like I don't know how that happened to you, Roy, and I'm so sorry. And I hope that you've reclaimed your rightful place in Valhalla. And and if you want to see his ranger hats, they are on display at two of the Guinness World exhibit halls in New York and in South Carolina. Really? Do they have like burns on them and shit? I think so. Cool. What? So you can like go see like his ranger hats. Wow. That's cool. cool. Hey, Roy, we love you. Sorry about all the jokes, but we're sorry what about... the fuck was your life? Seriously, though, it's crazy. It's dope. Well, not for you, but it's fascinating to hear. It is fascinating for the rest of us. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us. It's always a blast. Yes. Thanks for letting me latch onto you guys. Absolutely. Like a bear. Like a bear or a <laughs> salmon. Or a lightning. <laughs> Don't make Sam and do that. <laughs> I have so many questions about salmon. I have so many questions about everything. Um, also, angry lightning. I have a I, lot of questions oh, about seriously. angry lightning. Hey, is lightning sentient? <laughs> like I think it is. Can we all agree that lightning? I is sentient? think we tornadoes can agree. And yeah, tornadoes and lightning. Tornadoes are and lightning. Because <laughs> it also is like gonna storm tonight. So everyone, oh, yeah. stay inside. Stay inside. Do not be a Roy. Do not roy this, I swear to God. Or if you do roy this, just bring a can of water for your hair. Obviously. Hey. Yeah. Oh my God, can we, can that be our, like, ending catchphrase? Don't forget your can of water or something like that. <laughs> like, please. I'm Taylor. Like history. I'm Emily. Don't forget your can of water. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate it so fucking much. It's so stupid. <laughs> can't. No. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh my god. Bye. This has been a Daily Gravy production. Thanks for listening.